Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Wedding Pro Radio. So glad you tuned in. We are the show that talks all things wedding and wedding-related topics. And whether you're in the wedding industry or you're planning a wedding, we have tips, advice, tricks that we can help you get through your event and make it make your business successful if you're in the wedding industry. My name is Rich Leggett with Black Tie Events, and I run a full-service DJ company based out of Atlanta, Georgia, also with offices in Dallas, Texas. We cover weddings all over the country. I am joined by my very talented co-host, Abby Hillis with ACH Events. Hi, Abby. Hello. Yes, good afternoon, everyone. I am Abby with ACH Events, and we are a full-service boutique uh, wedding and event planning company based out of Texas. So just so everybody knows, our show is awesome, and we love doing it, and Abby and I so enjoy bringing this information to everybody. We do um, just a quick show rundown for you. We do a main topic every week, and then Abby and I have some really fun features that we do where I give you a top songs list. Abby gives you her planner tip of the week since she is such an excellent wedding planner. We also do celebrity wedding news, and we also uh, do a feature where we do what's trending in weddings. So we try to keep you up to date on kind of the coolest new trends that are taking place and what is going on. Um, if you want to get a question in for us, we also do questions from our audience. You can go to our uh, webpage, which is WeddingProRadio.com. You can also go to Wedding Pro Radio on all social media platforms, or you can email us. You can email me at Rich, R-I-C-H, at, at uh, WeddingProRadio.com, or Abby, A-B-B-I-E, at WeddingProRadio.com, and we'll try to get everything covered for you. So our main topic this week is... A lot of people getting uh, engagement rings this time of year, so engaged, and what's next? So Abby, let's talk a little bit about the topic and kind of fill us in on what we're going to cover on that because weddings are so overwhelming when you first get your ring and you're like, what do I do now? Yeah, it's so funny. You know, people get engaged in that like November, December holidays is always like a fun time for people to pop the question. So January and February typically turn into kind of like what we call booking season in the industry where it's kind of just when everyone starts finding their venue and finding, you know, which vendors are meant for them, but it can also be an incredibly intimidating process if you don't really know where to start. So, um, you know, today we're going to be answering questions like, how long do you wait to book certain vendors? Which one should you book first? Um, How do you vet your vendors? And you know, just trying to get the best team put together for your wedding um, because a good vendor team definitely makes or breaks a wedding. So um, that's kind of what we're going to dive into. Rich, I'd love to know, like, what do you think, um, what is one of the biggest things that you suggest to your clients when they're vetting vendors? I know we talked about reviews and I think you have a really cool tip for that. Yeah, you you know, I tell people um, the knot and the wedding wire are great sources of information when you're looking for vendors. So if you're looking for vendors, there are two things you can check with, with the wedding wire and the knot um, when you're approving vendors. One, the amount of reviews they have. The amount of reviews they have dictates how long they've actually been in the business and how many clients are using them. So if they have more reviews, somebody has 10 reviews as opposed to somebody who has 50, 60, 70 reviews, that is a good indicator that these people are doing a good job and that they, uh, they also are getting hired over and over again. Um, the other thing you can do with reviews when you're checking, so pretty much everybody's going to have a bad review here or there. Nobody is going to keep everybody happy 100% of the time, um, doesn't matter what industry you're in. 
So what you can do on both of those sites is go to reverse the reviews and do lowest rated reviews and read those. So if they have, you know, a, a few bad ones, but, you know, you can kind of read between the lines and see that it's not, you know, not that bad, um, you know, that's a good indication. Some of them, if you do that, you'll see 50 reviews that are terrible. So that's a good indication that you're not just reading the great reviews, but you can also see the things that uh, people may be uh, don't like about the service and they're complaining about and see if it's a consistent basis or a consistent item like they didn't show up on time or they didn't listen to what I was telling them or in the DJ industry and the things they didn't play the songs I wanted so uh, I think that's great advice when you're picking your vendors I love that yeah you're the one that taught me to do that reverse bad review lookup and I think that that's a great way to start because someone who's truly passionate about what they do and really into their job they may have a few bad reviews but they're not going to be you know, they shouldn't be that this person ruined my wedding day. Yeah. Um, so that's such a good point. And I think something else too that I always tell my clients when we're, you know, trying to pick who we're going to choose for their wedding day is, you know, start with a list and start kind of understanding, you know, inquire and understand what their pricing and packages are. A lot of times packages, whether you're looking, it doesn't matter whether it's photography, videography, DJ, I mean, you go for any vendor, the packages are going to be a little bit different. So kind of looking at pricing and you know, what What are they including in that pricing? Is one more? Well, why are they more? Is it because they're seasoned or is it because they include more? Um, and so kind of, I always tell clients, you know, start with a Excel list and just kind of track all of that. And then from there, narrow it down. And I always recommend to talk to at least two to three vendors per a category when you're booking your vendors. So for instance, photography. Um, you want to know what style you like, whether it's dark and moody or light and airy, or if you're, you know, someone who likes more of that, um, like lifestyle documentary, which is also kind of a new style that's coming out. Right. And, you know, call, figure out your style and then call them, talk to them, schedule a Zoom call and really get to know them and see if you vibe with them because you want your team of vendors to be people that kind of reflect your personality and who you are, because that's going to help make your day more about you and how you are. Yeah, absolutely. So, Definitely vetting and talking and have conversations is like a huge, huge component to creating a successful vendor team. Yeah, we talked about that last week about how vibing with your vendor is so important because, you, you, you know, one, you're spending a lot of money on this day. So you want to make sure it's somebody that you get along with kind of have the same vision of what's going on. Um, you know, one of the things I was curious about to get your take on, Abby, is so say you get a wedding ring tomorrow. What is the first thing you feel like a bride should do when she gets her wedding wedding ring? Is it is it uh, pick the date? Is it um, you know figure out how big your guest list should be? Is it um, you know what do you think the first starting point should be? It's such a good question, Rich, and it's so funny because uh, before people even decide like where they're going to get married or who's going to be there, sometimes they have the wedding date already picked, and although that can be really helpful. It can also be really hard to find venues and vendors that fit into that mix. So I've, I've seen clients who are like, I have to get married on, you know, 12, 20, 20, because they like that date number and how that, that falls. And that's great. But you also have to remember that you're then at the, the mercy of what venues are available and they have, you have to find something that fits in that date. So I think first and foremost, what I would recommend is get an idea of what that, that you know, guest count looks like create your list. And I'm going to kind of talk about that as my planner tip of the week, because it really does determine 
a lot of like the backbones to the wedding because depending on your guest count will depend on where do you uh, want to go to have the wedding. Is it going to be big enough? And then after you get that big piece of the venue down, that's when you can start filling in this, you know, bigger but smaller pieces. Like I always recommend to book catering um, as far in advance as possible because they do book up the good companies do. And I recommend if you have a specific photographer, videographer, or any source of entertainment, that those that are super important to you should be at the top of your priority list when you're booking vendors. So a lot of people start with the date or they start with, you know, I've even had a couple clients before they've had a venue, they've had their photographer booked and that's totally like, okay, just know that, um, you know, you're, we're having to check in with those vendors first before we ever even pick the actual date. So um, definitely guest list first, budget second, and then uh, venue third would be my like top three things that I would do. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that. I think picking the date is so important. And for budgetary reasons, folks, if you, uh, if you want to try to save a little bit of money, say you don't have as big a wedding budget as you would like, think about doing a Friday or a Sunday event because most of the venues do events Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and some even weekday events. But a Friday or a Sunday wedding um, and planning, you'll usually get a little bit of a discount from the vendor. At least that's my experience. Is that what you found, Abby? Yeah, actually, that's a brilliant point. Way to go. That's like such a good point. And I, I just met with a client yesterday, and she's doing a Friday wedding um, to get that little bit of a you know, discount with the venue. And then they're actually like planning things for the entire weekend so on Saturday and Sunday for everyone who's coming into town to enjoy. So I know that some people are like, ooh, Friday, that's a work day. I'm asking people to take off that are in the wedding. But it's really cool because especially if you have a lot of people coming in from out of town or a lot of people who haven't been around each other in a long time, you end up getting the entire weekend to just hang out and be with those people and enjoy being around them, which let's be honest, your wedding's pretty much the one and only time in your life where all of your special people are around you. So getting to soak that extra time in is really awesome. Yeah, and you know, the, the other thing I will tell people, especially if they're doing a weekend wedding, and if you have a lot of people that are traveling from out of town, think about doing a holiday weekend wedding like Memorial Day or Labor Day because that gives you a whole extra day for folks to travel and, and come to the event and it'll, it'll really help them as far as um, making that happen on that end of things. So we pick the date and then next thing I guess is looking at the venue and see what venue is available. And Abby, you know, one of my recommendations when I talk to my clients is, and I like you, I will sometimes get booked before they even have a date just because they want me there at their event. Um, mm -hmm. And then they pick the date. I tell them, you know, do two or three options. Don't, don't be sold on one date or one day of the week, whether it's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Give yourself some flexibility there um, because what that'll do is then open up things so you can pick the venue of your dreams. If you're dead set on one certain date and your venue is not available, it may have been the perfect venue for you, but you've limited yourself so much by focusing in on that one particular date that you've eliminated the venue that, that may have been your dream venue. It's so true, it's so true. And my, my last piece of advice to the date as well is look in the city that you're having your wedding, especially if you're in a city and not in a rural part and make sure there are no large events going on that weekend. So uh, for instance, here in Austin, everyone comes to town in March for South by Southwest. It's a three week long escapade and flights are so expensive. Hotels, you can't even get one. Yet, you know, people wanna get married in downtown Austin during those weeks. And it is, it is quite the nightmare to try to make all of that happen. 
So make sure you know if you are getting married in a city, you know what events are going on on certain weekends when you're picking your date because the last thing you want to do is um, have a bunch of guests from out of town who can't get a hotel uh, for your wedding date. So that's always something that I remind my guests when they're looking, or my clients, when they're looking at, you know, that, that uh, October season where there's a ton of festivals and then spring season where there's just a ton of events that go on, make sure you know what's going on around you before you hone in on a date. Well, you know what, Abby, you mentioned October, but you forgot the biggest thing from a guy's perspective is it is Saturday college football time. Football. <laughs> so, yeah. and I'm telling you, I, I have seen wedding receptions that fall by the wayside as far as getting people to dance because a big, huge SEC game is going on between their school or another school and the South SEC Saturday football is huge. And, you know, they have a couple of TVs in there and, you know, we, we're having trouble getting people to the dance floor because they didn't think about, oh my gosh, I scheduled that on the Georgia-Florida game or the Alabama-Auburn game or whatever it is. So you need to take, if you're doing an October wedding or, or any wedding where there may be a big festival or something going on in your town where you were planning your wedding, you definitely need to take that into account. Football. Yeah, that's a big one. Good. Great point. Great point. <laughs> So, so I think the top. I think the great thing we've established is um, giving you great advice on when to pick your date and and kind of some pros and cons on how to do that. Um, also, the venue. I would say after you get the date set, the top three vendors you want to line up um, are your wedding planner if you're using one, um, DJ actually four, your DJ or band or entertainment and your photographer after you get uh, those sets. So venue, planner, DJ band, or photographer, I would think are, are the top four you wanna get lined up first. Yes, absolutely. And then, and it also is dependent, again, on like what's important to you. So some people find, you know, that their photographer is the most important thing. So yes, make sure that that gets booked first. Some people, I've had clients who, they are, you know, nitpicky and very concerned about what food is served. So I would say if that's like a huge concern to you, then, you know, dive into that first and get that person and that team locked in. It just is very, your list, you know, there are obviously the venue is a huge one to have done first, but you want to make sure that whatever's important to you is kind of also the order that you go in to make sure you get who you want. Yeah, and I push the DJ in because let's face it, I'm partial as a DJ and a wedding DJ, so I can I can. Do and I'm that. partial to a planner because we can help you vet all these people. So hire a planner. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I would say actually planner first. I say planners planners going to be the biggest help to you. And yes, then, that's right. And then put put all the other stuff right up there with it. But um, you know the important thing is the earlier you get these big these big vendors the more you get who you want rather than having to satisfy with who's available. And I think that's key. You'd rather have the best of the best and somebody that you know is going to do a fantastic job than you waited too long to get, whether it's the planner, the venue, the band, uh, the photographer, have to settle for somebody um, and not be able to get the exact person that you wanted. A hundred percent. And I, something else too, cause I do have a few clients who, you know, they're, they're doing a shorter engagement time and it's only six months rather than a year, a year and a half. And they always feel like so stressed. And the, the reality is, as someone who has a year and a year and a half to plan, they can space out their deposits and space out, you know, the vendors that they're booking. And I think if you're having a smaller engagement season, then just be prepared to try to spend the first month locking in everyone and paying all those deposits and signing all those contracts. And if you can kind of spend the first month or two doing that, you're gonna basically be caught up to someone who has a longer engagement. So don't let a short engagement season deter you or make you feel like you're behind because you can definitely still 
get the people that you want. You just have to move a little bit quicker. Yeah, and I think that that is great advice. And you know, the the uh, other part of it that I think is amazing is if you get the big vendors out of the way, you don't really have to stress. You kind of go into a, a chill mode where you're just making the little decisions and then you pick up the big planning aspects as you get closer to the date. So I think okay. uh, I think we've given everybody great advice on that. Abby, any closing thoughts on the topic? No, I just think, just remember your vendor team is the team that's gonna make or break your day. So, you know, spending time on vetting them and, you know, really understanding who you're working with is incredibly important to have a successful wedding day. I agree, I agree. Well, we are gonna take a break and pay some bills and then be back with more Wedding Pro Radio. DJ Songlist is the ultimate special event music planning tool. It's an easy to use application that provides music planning and organization for any event. This app is frequently used for weddings, corporate parties, and any other event where a DJ or band has been hired. The songs are sorted by genre to make them easy to find and sort. In the app, you can listen, browse, and add songs to your customizable song list. For brides, there are even sections for wedding ceremony music and wedding reception specialty songs. Once finished, you can email your band or DJ the song list directly from the app. So, if you're planning a wedding or special event, download the DJ Song List app on the Apple App Store today and see how easy music planning for your event can be. Looking for a DJ for your wedding celebration? Well, then look no further than Black Tie Events. We are your source for DJ entertainment and so much more. With offices in Atlanta and Dallas-Fort Worth, let us help make your special day everything you dreamed it would be. Contact us at btevents.com or call us at 770-582-0525. Welcome back to Wedding Pro Radio, ladies and gentlemen. We are so glad to be here. You know, we didn't do our sponsor thank yous at the top of the show, Abby, so just want to say special thanks to DJ Songlist, which is an amazing planning tool. If you are uh, hiring a DJ or a band, it will help you go through and do your list. And you can also listen to tracks on, on the app. Um, it's on the Apple App Store, so please download that. Also, Black Tie Events, which is my company, is a proud sponsor of Wedding Pro Radio. And Abby's company, which is ACH Events, is a sponsor as well. So we do a lot of fun features on the show, and it's not just giving wedding advice. We also want to kind of entertain you a little bit. And one of the great features we do, which is Abby is amazing at, is celebrity wedding news. So what do we got this week, Abby? Well, you guys, um, back in December, Ariana got engaged. And have you guys seen her ring? I'm talking about that today because her ring, I feel like, is going to be starting a new trend for engagement rings. So, so what, is it, what does it look like? So she has, um, so she got engaged to Dalton Gomez and he got her an oval diamond and I think it's outrageous, something like five or six carats. But then what it is, it's like set little offset. I, I was going to say crooked, but then crooked makes it sound not pretty, but it's <laughs> offset and it's next to a huge pearl on a really thin band. So it's kind of, it's unique. I really haven't ever seen anything like it. And you know, it's, it's, it's not just your traditional solitaire diamond and it's not perfectly set. And so I just thought it would be really cool to just talk about her and um, talk about her uniqueness. You know, she told people earlier this year that they had been dating since January and they were social distancing together at their, her Los Angeles home. And they've just kind of been bunking it together. And then he turned around and dropped the this big old five or six carat ring and i just think it's it's so cute and different and unique that 
it might uh, prick some bride's eyes or some you know soon to be engaged people of changing up what they think they want for their engagement ring. Now, do you think that the, th- think people start naming it with a style? Do you think somebody somebody in the industry will come up with a name and call it the I don't know. I, I couldn't even think of a good name for I don't know. Like, I'm yeah, a guy. I, ca- I can't think of anything. <laughs> so I'm, I, I mean, because it is technically an oval diamond, so like the, there is that, but an oval, any diamond is normally set perfectly straight, but they he had them set this literally like offset, like diagonal crooked. And so it, I don't know. I like It's super interesting. It's super unique. It's a completely different style than I've really ever seen before. So, you know, we might be seeing a new engagement ring and she launched this news on Instagram and captioned her post with this obviously gorgeous ring called Forever and Some. So we'll see. We'll see what their wedding turns into be for 2021 and we'll keep you guys updated. That is cool. Do you know anything about Dalton Gomez? I'm not familiar with Dalton Gomez. I believe he is a photographer, but I don't know much more about him. Okay, perfect. Well, I know was it was it Ariana Grande who used to date the guy from Saturday Night Live? What? what? Yeah, and they actually broke up in 2018, so this is still kind of fresh. Yeah, well, it sounds like Dalton's going to be a better catch because I think that guy's a little cuckoo. But but <laughs> who, who knows? So, I agree. So Ariana, good for you. We are so proud of you. Again, each time we do a celebrity news segment, Abby and I'd like to tell you if you want to invite us, we will be there. So please let us know, and we can help you if you want us to help you. So anyway, congratulations to her. Was there any other news on that? Nope, I think that's it. I'm just excited to see, you know, what the, like, everyday's, everyday response is to seeing what happens with engagement ring design. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, and hopefully we will have, uh, after you guys listen to the show, we'll, we'll try to post content from the show itself so you guys can see kind of some of the stuff we're talking about, and hopefully... Uh, Abby, maybe on social media, we can throw up a picture of that ring so everybody can see what you were talking about. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely be posting it and sharing it. So you guys go follow us on Wedding Pro Radio on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll be sharing that for sure. Absolutely. And we also do questions from uh, from listeners. So um, just so you know, if you want to get a question to Abby or I, you can do it through any of our social media platforms. You can do it through WeddingProRadio.com, or you can email us. I am Rich, R-I-C-H, at Wedding Pro Radio. And Abby is A-B-B-I-E, Abby, at WeddingProRadio.com. So email us, and we'll try to get your question on. And speaking of questions, we have a question from Tammy in Frederick, Maryland. And she wants to know, Abby, what flow? what's the flow of the reception after dinner? So you, guests come in. You, uh, you have a little cocktail hour going on. Typically, I know I recommend doing the introduction and the first dance since you have a captive audience, right, as uh, the bride and groom are coming in, and then you have dinner, and I guess um, I guess Tammy is asking us what, what the flow should be after dinner. Yeah, and you know, I'd love your feedback on this, because I think every vendor in the industry has their own opinions on where how they think the, the best flow works and, and what to do and when to do it. You know, you've got a list of things to do, um, cake cutting, toast, you have your mother-son dance, father-daughter dance, and sometimes people do an anniversary dance or a dollar dance. So you have all of these to-dos that you have to get done, and you can put them together in a way that flows much better than just kind of feeling more rigid. And so I, I, my first question for you, Rich, on this one is, sure. do you recommend people do toast like right after dinner? Do you recommend that people try to keep all toast to the rehearsal dinner? 
what are your thoughts on kind of toast and, and going into that after dinner? So I will tell you, and Abby made up a great point. Every vendor has a different way of doing it, a different way they like doing it. I do it from a dance perspective. My job each and every time I do a wedding reception is to get the most people dancing as many times as possible. Because in my opinion, I think that uh, a majority of what people remember when they leave a wedding reception is if they had a good time, if they got to dance and, and they enjoyed themselves. So that's why I structure things that way. And what I basically do is I will tell the bride and groom, a lot of people want to do all their traditional dances up front. They want to do the first dance, the father-daughter, the mother-son, and um, sometimes you do a wedding party dance. They want to do those up front. I tell them to save that. Do just the first dance and the intro, and then coming out of dinner, use those dances to kind of catapult or springboard the, uh, the the opening of the dance floor. So basically what you're doing is you're doing dinner, you're sitting down and you're having dinner. Right after dinner, you do a father-daughter dance with the bride and her dad and a mother-son dance, and then use that momentum from those two dances to then get everybody up and dancing a little bit. Let them dance for about 45 minutes or so, then take a, a break and do toast and cake cutting together. And the reason I recommend that, although if you're having a seated dinner, you may want to do toast during dinner itself, but most people do buffets these days. So if, if, um, if you do that, um, you do toast and cake cutting and the cake makes a great backdrop for the toast. So it helps your photos. So you'll do the toast first in front of the cake, then the cutting of the cake, and then I'd have another dance set. And then I usually recommend uh, doing bouquet garter the last half hour, like the last 30, 45 minutes of the reception. And then that gives you one more great dance set that you can do in the evening. Yes, that's such a good point. And something that I always tell clients, like we put the bouquet and garter toss on a time frame on our timeline. Like, uh, you know, we'll put 9.30, 10.30, whatever time we think we want it to happen. But I always tell my clients, like, don't expect it to happen just then because, you know, if I'm doing a wedding with you, Rich, and you've got the dance floor popping, we may not, it might be 9.30 and you're like, no, 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 we got to do a couple more songs. Like these people are having way too much fun. And so you kind of want to follow the crowd a little bit with your reception and have vendors who are willing to kind of just gauge and read the crowd more so that way you're not just abruptly stopping a really poppin' dance floor. I really, like, every time I see that, I cringe because I'm like, no, they were just having so much fun. You know what, Abby, and I'm so glad you brought that up. And, and guys, just so you'll know, time frames aren't set in stone. They're, you know, you can you can shift them around. I mean, I've had them shift where we moved the cake cutting up early because a lot of the grandparents were leaving and that was the main thing they wanted to see. I've had time frames that got that pushed where we pushed things later because the dance floor was going really well. Um, I've also had times where the dance floor kind of wanes. I know sometimes, so say for instance, um, we're doing our first dance set and then people are going to the bar, they're getting drinks or they're just not as interested in dancing as we're getting close to toast and cake cutting. I will personally go to the planner and say, hey, the dance floor is kind of waning. Rather than us waiting till 9.15 and say it's 9 o'clock now, why don't we just go ahead and do it after this next song while we kind of have this natural break in the flow of the dance floor anyway. So you got to be really flexible with your time frames and know that a good planner and a good entertainer and a good venue coordinator will help guide you through that. Um, but you can't, you can't be as rigid about it if you really want to work with the flow because a wedding reception is just like anything else. It has its own ebbs and flows as things go, and you just got to have to roll with the punches with that. So, so try not to be too strict on when everything is going to happen, and it's going to happen right on the on the second. Yes, I so agree. And the, the last thing that I want to just kind of note when in regards to toast is 
Um, keep them toast. Don't make them speeches. Save the speeches for your rehearsal dinner. People love to hear, you know, quick, intimate, funny stories, but they don't want to hear a 15-minute speech about your entire timeline of childhood. You'll start really losing guests. And so what I recommend to my clients is if everyone is still seated, we try to start any sort of toast that we have and make them move quick, but we start those while people are still finishing up eating because it gives them something to direct their attention to. And a lot of times the you know VIPs and the family and the bridal party are all fed first. And so within 30 minutes, they're done. So it keeps the night moving where you're not waiting an hour and a half for every single person to finish dinner before starting something. And toasts are a great way uh, if, you, if you're doing something just very short and sweet, but fun during dinner to just kind of fill in the gaps of while everyone finishes dinner, do something. I just, I, I personally, you know, if I see 30 minutes of everyone having to sit and listen to someone talking, you lose a lot of the like fun and exciting momentum. So, you know, I always suggest keeping toast short, sweet, and then speeches to the night before. Well, and yeah, I have a couple of thoughts on that as well too. One, um, folks, if you, if, unless you have to, don't do an open mic for your toast. Yeah. Assign two or three people that are really important to you to do toast. Best man, maid of honor, and maybe um, one of the parents, somebody like yeah. that to do the toast. But please don't do open mic because that's when, one, you never know what somebody's going to say. They could get up and say something totally inappropriate, which I've seen more times than I can count. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is all it does is take time away from the rest of the reception. So um, another trick that you can do is if uh, one of the – parents or the parents want to do a toast rather than having them fill in that time with the toast itself have them do a welcome right after the first dance just before dinner that way they get to have their say and get to thank everybody for coming and it kind of sort of acts as a toast but it's not filling that slot that extends that toast time which really pushes uh the timeline for the reception absolutely i totally agree so flow of reception after dinner it kind of depends on you know what items you have and how you want them to go, but definitely being adaptable is important. Absolutely, absolutely. So Tammy and Frederick Maryland, we hope that answered your question. Again, if you want to get a question to Abby or I, you can go to Wedding Pro Radio on all social media platforms, weddingproradio.com, another great source to do that. Or you can email Abby and I, abby at weddingproradio.com or rich at weddingproradio.com. So thanks for the question, Tammy. So last segment that we're going to do in this uh and this section is trends. And Abby, we talked about COVID weddings last week. And as we know with COVID weddings, the big thing is to be outside. And a lot of guests are moving stuff outside or having a lot of, of uh, their events outside with open inside outside events. And um, one of the trends that, that I've been seeing that's popping up is giving guests something to do while they're outside because they have to space out. Sometimes you don't have nearly as much dancing because people are worried um, with the virus going around about dancing as much. So the new trend is wedding games. And I've seen everything from cornhole to the, have you seen the huge Jenga's that they do? Yes, I love that. And I've even had clients use those as their guest book. So like the guests sign the blocks and then they also get to play with them throughout the night. Oh, that's such a cool idea. So think about maybe um, some fun games. Your planner can help you with that. I know Abby's probably going to give us some more ideas on some games and stuff that you can do outside. But, uh, you know, make it fun for the guests. Since we have to uh, cut down numbers, probably gives you a a little more budget for to be able to do something like games outside. It also spreads people out, helps keep them safe. So that is uh, my wedding trend of the week. Abby, did you have any games besides uh, besides the cornhole and the Jenga? I've also seen 
kind of a hopscotch, a ring toss. I've seen all kinds of cool stuff at wedding receptions. Yeah, we, we have a couple companies here uh, in Texas that rent out a life-size uh, Connect Four as well. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so that's that the kids absolutely love that because it's an easy game for the kids to understand and play. And then uh, the ring toss, I had a client who they they were wine connoisseurs so they had all these wine bottles and we spray painted them and put them into a cute little crate and we created our own ring toss so you can totally make your own as well I've had another client um her brother surprised her with personalized uh beanbag bo- oh my gosh what are those called again oh cornhole cornhole i always forget i always want to call them beanbags because they play with beanbags but cornhole and they had personalized boards and it had their like their name and their date and you know, you can, it's been a really fun way to kind of get people outside and interacting, but doing it safely and, um, and also personalize things to have as keepsakes. So that's been really cool to see. Yeah. You know, I've seen the, the personalized cornhole boards and also I've seen it kind of what you talked about where, um, where they, they get all the guests to sign it. So they'll keep the cornhole boards and it will remind them with all the signatures and write well wishes and that kind of stuff, rather than doing the guest book on the cornhole boards themselves. So some really cool ideas out there for uh, outdoor games for you guys. And um, we hope that segment helped you. We're going to do a trend segment every week. So tune in every week and uh, see what we got to offer each week. We are going to take a break and be right back with more Wedding Pro Radio. Looking for a DJ for your wedding celebration? Well, then look no further than Black Tie Events. We are your source for DJ entertainment and so much more. With offices in Atlanta and Dallas-Fort Worth, let us help make your special day everything you dreamed it would be. Contact us at btevents.com or call us at 770-582-0525. DJ Songlist is the ultimate special event music planning tool. It's an easy-to-use application that provides music planning and organization for any event. This app is frequently used for weddings, corporate parties, and any other event where a DJ or band has been hired. The songs are sorted by genre to make them easy to find and sort. In the app, you can listen, browse, and add songs to your customizable song list. For brides, there are even sections for wedding ceremony music and wedding reception specialty songs. Once finished, you can email your band or DJ the song list directly from the app. So, if you're planning a wedding or special event, download the DJ Song List app on the Apple App Store today and see how easy music planning for your event can be. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with more Wedding Pro Radio. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, Rich Leggett with Black Tie Events, Abby Hillis with ACH Events. We are hosting and giving you tips and tricks and everything wedding and again, Abby, I think it's important to know that, that this show is not just designed for um, for couples who are getting married and to give them advice, but I think it also gives great advice to folks in the industry. So if any of our industry friends are out there listening, please encourage not only your clients to listen to it, but other industry professionals, because I think we can give you some great advice that may help you here and there. Yeah, and I think too, I would love to hear from other professionals in the industry, like, hey, we'd love to hear you guys talk about this or that topic. So you know, hit us up on social media, send us an email and let us know what you would love to hear us talk about too. Cause we are definitely uh, wanting this to be a collaborative effort and really something that helps the wedding industry as a whole. So let us know and reach out to us. Absolutely. And if anybody wants to sponsor, we are actually taking sponsors. We will uh, run a 30 second spot for you on our show and let you highlight your business. So reach out to us at wedding pro um, 
radio.com to do that as well or on our social media platforms and also if you'd like to be a guest we are uh, entertaining having guests coming in and talking about their specific businesses and their take on the industry and I think that's going to be a really really great uh, feature that we're going to be doing on future shows down the line for you guys so we're back to our segments that we are going to do it's time for our planner tip of the week so Abby what do you have for us this week this week since we kind of touched base on what we were doing now that we're engaged, I wanted to talk and kind of hone in a little bit on guest lists. How do you create them? And, you know, a lot of people I've seen are really just kind of making sure that they are making their list a little smaller because they want to make sure it's COVID friendly and then just also know that it's the people that really matter to be there. And uh, the guest list is kind of the definitive list that helps you decide how big your venue needs to be decides um, you know your contracts for catering and for bar and so the guest list is actually incredibly important and some people kind of forget to do that step at the preliminary stages of planning so I wanted to talk about how I you know coach people through that and um, the do's and don'ts of that absolutely so what would the first step be if, if you're establishing your guest list so it sounds kind of crazy, but I like to, to suggest to clients to create an A-list. That on that A-list is everyone that is like a non-negotiable that needs to be there, has to be there, that means a million million things to you, like you have to have those people there. Uh, this would include your closest family, your closest friends, your bridal party, their plus ones, uh, and start with that list. And you know that on that A-list, everyone that is on that list is going to be there. And then from there, I would break in to a B and even a C list if you need to. You know, if you're looking at having, um, you know, over a 200 person wedding, you might have a C list. If you're having something closer to like 100 or 150, you may just have an A list and a B list. And really, when you're creating those lists, what I tell people is to make sure it's people that if something were to happen to you or your relationship or your marriage, these are people that are going to be there that are going to support you. That is what a wedding traditionally was designed to do. It's supposed to bring the people together that support the two, the two people coming together in marriage. Absolutely. And, and, and people, you know, they make the list and they start, you know, doing what I call sympathy invites and they start putting people on the list where they feel like, Oh, well they invited me to their wedding. So I have to invite them to our wedding or, you know, my mom's, you know, second cousin from when she was three years old who, you know, they were BFFs then, but it's not someone you talk to anymore. They're, they have to be on the list. And to that, I'd say those are great people for a C list, but they're not exactly someone that I would put on my A or B list. And there's a reason for that. These are, it, it costs a lot of money to put on a wedding. And these are people that should be attending that support you and are there for you, the bride and the groom or who you know whoever you're getting married to and if you don't create that room with people that are so important to you you're going to lose that specialness of the day um i can always tell like one of my favorite like if you're like wondering how many people should be on your list my like favorite number is anywhere between like 100 and 140 people i feel like when you stick to that mid-range for a wedding guest count you're you're right at the amount where you're including everyone that needs to be included, but you're not including the extras who are just there for free drinks and free food for the night. Yeah, and I, there are people and guests like that that exist. I don't, you probably experienced yeah, that too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's safe to say budget's going to dictate your list and how many people you have. So um, yeah, and that's a that's a really good point because I you know I when you add 
10 people to a list, you have to add a whole nother table, a whole nother centerpiece, a whole nother linen if you're doing linens. Um, and then you also have to add them to the bar and you have to add the amount of alcohol that those people are going to drink. And we estimate two drinks per hour if your receptions for four hours, that's eight more drinks times 10 people, that's 80 more drinks you have to provide. So it quickly adds up. And so I tell people, you know, think about, depending on the style and the type of wedding you're having, a guest could be worth anywhere between 150 to $500 per person. That's what it's costing you. So make sure that you are willing to spend that amount of money on that person. And think, would I take this person out to a $150 dinner? Would I want to treat that person to that? And if the answer is no, then you might want a second guess. Okay, maybe they shouldn't be on the list or maybe I should put them on a you know, B or C list because I don't know that I feel that strongly about it. And if you can use the same rule of thumb with your parents, because we all know parents have their own list of people that they want to make sure are invited to your wedding. Um, but, you know, asking them, mom, would you spend $150 of your own money, you know, on this person? And if the answer is yes, then great. Maybe they should be included. And if the answer is no, then maybe that's a good way of help deciphering what list they go on and if they even make a list. Well, you know what, Abby, if, if you broke it down to who, um, you would want to take to a $150 dinner, my list, my list would be pretty short, I have to say. But so, isn't it crazy, though, because that's on the low end of what it would cost I, per person I, for a wedding, you know? I, I, and I agree, and I'm making light of it. I, I'm just <laughs> just trying to add a little humor there. But, uh, but yeah, I totally agree. That's something that you definitely have to consider. I mean, it, it, it's weddings are hugely expensive, and, and you got to cut corners where you can. Um, you, you know, you don't want to go over the top on that kind of stuff. So I think that is great, great advice. That is uh, Abby's planner tip of the week. She does that every week. And goodness gracious, she gives us such good advice on that. And it, and it really is going to be helpful to you um, when you're doing your wedding planning. So Abby, we got another question that came in from a listener. And it is actually from Brad in Washington, D.C., and I found in dealing with my clients that a lot of um, a lot of brides turn the music end of things over to the grooms. Have you found that as well? Oh yeah, it's when we when we get down to the nitty gritty details. It's oh yeah, so and so's handling that. I'm not handling that. It's so true. So that may be why Brad is asking this question. And Brad, <laughs> my advice to you on this would be. To find uh, first narrow down to like maybe three songs that are special to you guys um, you know whether it's something that you first danced to when you were dating early in your relationship or something that every time you hear it it reminds you of that person those are the songs that are special you want a song that's going to be intimate to you and is going to feel special to you guys and be very personal to you guys um, sometimes you have to do your first dance if you're doing a themed wedding like we do a lot of Disney weddings um, you know, it's good to pick a Disney song, whether it's um, A Whole New World or um, the Phil Collins song. Um, gosh, it doesn't come to mind right now. But anyway, if you're doing a theme wedding, you probably want to pick a song that kind of fits that theme. But I would say the main, the main thing you want to do is pick something that's special, that speaks to you and, and talks about your relationship and, is, um, and, and really kind of signifies that, that special moment that you're going to spend on the dance floor right after you're married. Yeah, and Brad, I have to tell you, me and my husband, um, we actually spent the years leading up to our wedding apart. We were doing long distance, so we didn't have a ton of time together. So when we were picking out our first dance song, we were like, where do we start? And my husband loves hip hop and R&B and rap, and I am like a country girl at heart. So we were like, where do we go? And we ended up getting married on New Year's and kind of playing to what you said about a theme. 
Um, we picked Let's Stay Together because to us it kind of played into the New Year's theme and just now every time we hear it that just kind of just became our song and we're like you know our eyes light up and we get excited we're like oh that's our first dance song so sometimes and I'm like you know totally guilty of this like you don't maybe know and so it's it's fun to just pick something be something that you both agree on and know that it becomes more special year after year on your anniversaries too absolutely and that's great advice and that is one of my favorite songs Abby yeah it's actually one of my go-to slow songs that I do at most of the wedding receptions I do because it's such a timeless song and everybody loves it's it. It's so, so timeless. <laughs> good job. Good job to you guys on picking Thanks. that one. So speaking of songs, it's now time for my feature, which is sponsored by DJ Songless, and that's top five songs. So just so you guys know, every week um, I'm going to try to give you a list of top five songs, either from a category or for one of the main events you're going to do at your wedding reception. Just something to help you out a little bit and just so you'll know it's not me picking these off the top of my head it is comes from contributions on the dj song list app from tens of thousands of brides who are using the app i also am really plugged in with the dj community and uh so i ask them to help contribute to this every week and so this week we are doing our uh top five girls songs and these are songs that when you want to get a group of girls out on the dance floor, guaranteed to get them out there and having a good time. So, Abby, we're going to do the honorable mentions. We actually have 10 songs that we have, but we're going to play some segments from the top five. Number 10, Dancing Queen by ABBA. Mm-hmm. One that I think everybody loves. It's also a good sing-along song. It, it popped up, on I think, last week on our sing-along list as well. Timeless disco classic that everybody loves. Um, coming in at number nine, Everybody by the Backstreet Boys. Everybody loves oh. 90s music, and this one's a classic. <laughs> that one is such a good one. I, I, that is, I, I totally would not have picked that one, but that is such a good one to be on the honorable mention list. Absolutely. And then coming in at number eight, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, which is, again, another good sing-along song, as well as being a good uh, girl song. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, I Love It by Icona Pop. Do you know that song, Abby? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, I, to me, I feel like when I hear that song, everyone starts jumping. Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> one that surprised me, but but a lot of DJs chimed in and said that's one of the ones that they use when they want to get girls out on the dance floor. Uh-huh. Um, of course, Beyonce, Run the World, Girls. Uh, actually, yes. the name of the song is Run the World, but she says girls in it a whole bunch of times. So that is a great one. And now we are down to our top five. And the top five song is Truth Hurts by Lizzo. So Lizzo I, is queen. I love Lizzo. I love this song too. And I, I love the way that, uh, that it comes in and people kind of dance to it. They jump to it. They do just pretty much anything they want to it. So I think it is a great song. Coming in at number four, country artist, Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. And I think that is a great song too. Another good sing-along song as well. Yeah, that's great for us 90, 90s chicks who grew up in the 90s. We love us some Shania Twain. Absolutely. Sure. And you know, uh, the other trend I figured out on all these songs, Abby, is that they are also good songs for a bouquet toss. So you could use pretty much any of these songs or a lot of these songs when you're doing your bouquet toss. Coming in. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, coming in at number three. I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. And that one was also a song that we had last week that was a uh, sing-along song when we did our top five sing-along songs. 
I think we're seeing a trend here. I think that women like songs that we can sing along and jump and dance to. I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Coming in at number two, and this was another one that surprised me, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Really? That is surprising. It's a great song, but I'm just really surprised at how, how high up there it is. But I guess it's also a song that a lot of people know. Yeah, and again, guys, I didn't pick these off the top of my head based on what I play. I picked them based on what uh, what the DJs were voting on and what was coming in through DJ Songlist. Since DJ Songlist is a sponsor, we use the list that our brides are submitting to their DJs to do that. And are you ready for the number one song, Abby? I am ready. Let's do it. Number one the timeless and quintessential girls song Girls Just Wanna Have Fun by Cindy Lauper Heck yes Ding 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 I mean Cindy Lauper she knows how to get us on the dance floor and singing at the top of our lungs for sure Absolutely I mean that that is the girls song of all time and again like I said with a lot of these you can use these for a bouquet toss song I know for bouquet toss I use uh, Man I Feel Like a Woman I will use um I will use uh, Dancing Queen sometimes for a bouquet toss song. And that may be, you know, we'll do a top five list here down the road where I do uh, top five bouquet toss songs and garter removal songs and that kind of Ooh, stuff. That would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll work that in um, coming up. So, so we are going to go to a break and then come back and wrap up the show and be back with more Wedding Pro Radio. To Wedding Pro Radio, we are so glad you are joining us for the show today. We have had some great stuff to talk about uh, today, Abby. I would. I loved all your advice that you gave on uh, your planner tip of the week. It was just amazing information for everybody out there. Thanks, and I loved your girl songs. I know we we kind of came up with that from last week, but I just think it's so fun to. I don't know. We get the we get the guys on the dance floor sometimes, so it's fun to know what we dance to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we're going to do for next week for the show next week is do top cake cutting songs, and that's one that people don't really think about all that much. Um, I know my one of my personal favorites when we were doing a cake, and I hope it ends up on the list. Again, I don't put these lists together. I throw it out to the DJ community. And last week, I think, um, as Abby and I were talking pre-show, I had some uh, people from Australia, some DJs from Australia, one from the Netherlands, one from the UK, all chiming in on all this stuff. So just so you guys know, it's the DJ community that's doing this, which means these are songs that are working at their events all over the, the world. So um, one of my favorites is Sugar by Maroon 5 is uh, my, one of my favorite cake cutting songs to recommend. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to, I have my like top one in my head, but I want to see if it makes the list next week. So I'm going to keep it, so we're, keep it under wraps and see if it makes the list. Oh, the it out suspense there. is killing me, Abby. The suspense <laughs> is killing me. I can't wait to see what it is. So guys, we wanted to let you know that we really want your questions um, for the show. So if you have a question, please send it in to us. You can go to WeddingProRadio.com to see all things about the show and um, go to any of our social media platforms, Wedding Pro Radio on all those, and submit a question to us because we want to try to get answered. I mean, that is the goal of what we are doing here with this radio show is to try to take care of the industry, talk about the industry, not only for clients and people planning their weddings, but also for industry professionals and get all that stuff in. We are also uh, looking for sponsors. So if uh, you're a company that wants to sponsor and get a spot on our radio show and hear your commercial and let more people know about your business, we would love to do that as well. And we also want to start interviewing a lot more um, industry professionals. We have some set up, but look, we're, we are looking for a lot of different people because we got a lot of shows to get under our belt. So 
please reach out and contact us. My email address is rich at weddingproradio.com. That's R-I-C-H at weddingproradio.com. Abby's is Abby, A-B-B-I-E, at weddingproradio.com. So shoot us a quick note. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, Submit a question or let us know if you're in the industry if you want to be a guest. Next week, we are talking about picking wedding themes. So Abby, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we were talking about what we wanted to talk about for next week. And, you know, we said wedding colors. And then I thought, you know, it's really like the wedding vibe and theme that you're picking when you start kind of planning the design and aesthetic aspect of your wedding. So we're going to dive in next week and talk about how to pick your colors and what is your theme and how do you make that happen. Rich, you're going to chime in and kind of um, guide us through how we bring entertainment into our theme and what are different ways that we can do that. And just, you know, when I when I plan corporate events, we always talk about how the guests want to feel when they walk away. And I bring a lot of that into planning a wedding as well. And I, you know, ask my clients, you know, what 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 is their theme and how do they live their life? But then also how do they want their guests to feel when they leave? And how do we create that environment? Is it through lighting? Is it through certain colors that we pick? Um, is it through certain entertainment that we make sure becomes a part of the day. So there's a lot of different aspects that play into your vibe and your theme. And so we're going to kind of dive into those since I feel like it's like the next step in the wedding planning process. Absolutely. And Abby, I want to give you a mention and Abby's company is ACHEvents.com. As you guys can tell just by listening to the show, Abby is a very experienced and very thorough wedding planner who uh, does amazing work. So um, she's not only based out of Texas and does weddings in Texas and the Southwest, but, but also all over the country. So if you want Abby to help plan your event, go out there and contact her at, uh, through her website at achevents.com, and you can't go wrong with having her out there. Also, if, uh, if you're looking for entertainment, I run a DJ entertainment company called Black Tie Events. We have an office in Atlanta and another one in Dallas-Fort Worth. We do weddings all over the country as well. I would love to hear from you. You can go to btevents.com and contact me, and um, we would love to talk to you about your future event and what's going on. We, we want to thank our sponsors, Black Tie Events and ACH Events, and also the DJ Songlist app. If you are planning a wedding, make sure that uh, you download this app because it is an invaluable tool that will help you put together lists not only for the ceremony, but also for a playlist for the wedding reception. And the cool thing about it is you can, you can actually email the, the uh, song list right from the app directly to your entertainer. You just plug in the email address and hit send and boom, it shows up right there. You can also email it to your friends. So it is a great planning tool for you guys to use and we hope you take advantage of it we, and we wanna thank our sponsor there. And lastly, we wanna thank the Big Talk Delmarva Radio Network for hosting the show and giving us a chance to do this. Kudos to them. It is a great network, and you guys will be listening to it uh, every Saturday. It's going to run 12 noon every Saturday on Big Talk Delmarva, and then I think it's going to be available on a bunch of different um, podcast platforms. Isn't it, Abby? Yep. We'll have it syndicating anywhere where you get your podcast, so we'll be sure to get it to you guys that way if you can't tune in on the actual radio. Wrap the show up. Abby, it was awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Rich, thank you. I really loved this episode. We had so much fun. It was a blast. And listen, we look forward to talking to you guys again next week when we come back with more Wedding Pro Radio. So we will see you next week, guys.